It's July 21st, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 272. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. Wow, energized, Nick. Oh, hi. Wow. Hello. Who are you? I'm Nick Brecken. Oh, man. I heard that you were. <laughs> You've been very. Is that your very, stomach? Yeah, that's crumble? my stomach. It's been just, happening all morning. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. You just eat eat something. I, I I'm not even hungry. Really? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Huh? Yeah. You're mm. incubating some kind of alien form. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a very quick diagnosis. Yeah. Well, I'm a I'm a space scientist. <laughs> As an observer of cinema, <laughs> yeah, it'd be a really I've seen this before right, yeah. <laughs> many times. <laughs> Yeah. Were we in some, some bad. sort of television show, Chris's character would, in fact, have correctly predicted right now exactly <laughs> what's happening? <laughs> if we were in the 90s, he would have gotten it right, but we wouldn't. he wouldn't be proven right until That's right, like the act That's two to three break. Oh, yeah, dismissing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah no, that, that, I can't possibly. <laughs> Probably what would happen now is that I would be wrong, but then some like weirder and more self-aware, wacky thing would happen. But you would refer to it as the creature... That, yeah. you, that you described when you, uh, yeah, right. it, would, it, would, Everyone, it would ironically be called the Xenomorph. Yeah, all right. the oh, yeah, of course. would be familiar with like <clears throat> the existence of the film Alien. In the 90s version, everyone yeah, yeah, would like yeah. act as though no one's ever heard of that movie before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, then it would just happen. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, different, there's different genres. Because in the 90s, though, alternatively, someone just says, this is just like Alien in yeah. the, po- the post-screen okay, world. Enough. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, you have That's to late in, the, in the modern version, we just aloofly assume that everyone knows what it is and don't call out the fact that we're making postmodern references. Right. Uh, True. Anyway, Nick, R.I.P. You. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It was the creature what done it. I heard that as our IP, <laughs> comma, you. Like, <laughs> That's also true. Nick Brecken, uh, our intellectual, right. pro- Idle Thumbs intellectual property. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. You might as well if be I've our intellectual well, property. Yeah, because you're you're a, like a fully fledged character in my RimWorld game. Oh, yeah, I heard this. Playing. I saw this. Yeah. I didn't I didn't see the stream yet, but I've, there are I've three. heard. I've done three streams so far. I've been doing it yeah. every night for the last few days. Well, so. I got, I got a, a tweet out of context about something about Danielle's mom hitting on me. And oh, I had, you've got that backwards, my friend. Oh, you, I'm hitting on Danielle's yeah, mom. You're hitting on everybody. Well, okay, fine. But I, I, either way, Wait. I didn't know that they were talking about a video game. And I was like, what's going on on the stream? Like, I didn't know like, that you were playing a game that had any, right. you know. What, like, is, what is the full name of your character in Rin Rim World? Um, okay, so yeah, uh, let me, I'll get to that. So what's the let game? Just what is RimWorld? Yeah. Yeah. So what is games? RimWorld is a game whose ambition is essentially to take um, Dwarf Fortress and put it in a uh, a sort of interface and graphical context that is actually, you know, parsable um, pretty straightforwardly from the start. I mean, it's still a fairly complex game when you just jump into it, but after you understand what you're doing, it's very, you know, it plays like a v- normal uh, video game along the lines of an economic builder, mm. you know? Uh, so it, 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 the closest analog I would say would be Prison Architect, even mm. to the point that it looks very much like the graphical style of Prison Architect. And as I was informed by people on the stream a couple nights ago, apparently the game started using temp assets from Prison Architect. Oh, okay. Um, so and it, but it, it has sort of developed as <clears throat> created its own assets, but is uh, still in that style, a sort of thick outline style. Mm-hmm. Um, and the you know the goal is to act in a, in a very highly simulated way uh, like a Dwarf Fortress does while having this this sort of more slightly more accessible uh, skin. And so 
I, I think the plan is just to keep developing it indefinitely. But you, if you click on characters, I mean, you can see that there's an insane amount of stuff tracked. And when they're, you know, if they're wounded, it's like what limb is wounded and what are they suffering from? And they have all of these social um, factors that are influencing their happiness positively and negatively and so on and so on. And, you know, I'm not you don't have to, like, take that stuff into account, really. It's just they're doing stuff. And I think a lot of it is not doing very much yet. But a lot of it is, you know, I mean, it's a it's already a very intricate game in a way that's extremely pleasing because that's the in the intricacy is largely in the clockwork mechanisms uh, inside of it rather than um, you needing to think about like, oh, crap, it was his left leg that was injured. Therefore, I need to do this. No, it's like they still just go and get treated in the medical bed. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the game is thinking about that stuff for reasons that may matter now and may matter in the future. And, you know, who knows? But anyway, so I started a a game, and and one of the really cool things about this game is that there are uh, three, I believe, different AI storytellers you can choose from. Um, And I'm playing the sort of chill one where it's like, you know, there are dramatic things that happen, but they're spaced out a little bit more. And there's there's one that is aimed specifically at sort of encouraging drama, and then there's one that's just – totally random it's completely without bias and just good and bad things can happen with no regard for you know pacing or anything like that and um i think that i think that they've been slowly added over time so i wouldn't be surprised if more of these get added as the developer tyne and sylvester figures out uh you know other cool ways to play with the sort of emotional curves of the game by the way, Tynan Sylvester was my coworker at Irrational Games. Who, uh, he, yeah, I worked with him. Uh, In the great tradition of Irrational Games and its ancillary spinoff companies creating every indie game in yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah, this has been a weird game for me to play personally because, one, I know the developer of – I mean, I, I haven't seen him since since we you know worked at Irrational, so it's not as though we're close friends or anything, but I, you know, I – worked with him in a sort of past life on a different game and he's really smart and it's not surprising to me that he's managed to basically spin this up single-handedly it seems um so that's cool and then also it's weird because i worked on a game that i think shares a lot of dna with this game which was space base which was oh yeah i worked on that too yeah which is a game that unfortunately did not get to sort of continue indefinitely which was you know a bummer to everyone involved but um it playing this game, it is crazy to just see, oh man, I remember working on problems like this on the prototype of this game. I worked more on the space-based prototype than on the space-based game that shipped, but um, the underlying uh, systems and, and basic problems are so similar. I mean, I remember it's like, you know, working on bugs where it's like, oh, this person's supposed to be doing this, but they're doing this instead. And like, how does that job system work under the hood? And it's, it's crazy to, it's just weird to, to play it. Anyway, so I made a new game. The one I made, you start, there are a few different scenarios. In addition to the different AI storytellers, there are different scenarios. The one I did is you start with three people who have crash landed on this planet and you have to found a colony and, uh, you know, thrive. Basically, it's very you know t- typical setup. So there's a character creator where you can you can't choose the stats, but you can keep hitting the random creation button until it uh, until it um, you're happy with the stats. And people were saying, oh, you should have someone who's good at at uh, growing crops. And you should have someone who's good at research, and you have, should have someone who's good at I think medicine. So I um, I did my researcher, and I'm like, oh, this is. Uh, 
Oh, no, I did medicine. And I was like, okay, this is going to be Danielle. I mean, if Danielle Rando is going to be medicine because she's an EMT in real life, and that's funny. And so her name was Danielle Junior Mintz uh, Riendo, and the middle name is their nickname, and it's what you actually see on the character. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to make another person. And this is going to be Nick Brecken just because. And uh, Nick Brecken is my grower, and, you know, I make this person – and I, your your uh, your middle name, your sort of identifiable name, is Goldblum. So it just show, it occurs oh. to me now that it shows up on the game, like in the game, as Goldblum. But I'm always referring to you as Nick Brecken. <laughs> so for people who are watching the stream who don't listen mm. to the podcast, of which I think there are several, because they come into the Twitch stream because it says streaming yeah. RimWorld, and they're like, oh, I want to watch someone play RimWorld. Yeah. <laughs> so that probably doesn't make any sense so, to them. So if Nick Brecken is intellectual property of Idle Thumbs LLC, that means that Jeff Goldblum might be able to make a content claim on us. <laughs> True. <laughs> That's okay, though. Uh, I welcome a content claim from Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Unless it's the Coldblum. No. He can't take those away from us. <laughs> Anyway, you made a third character. I did. Well, so the, the, <laughs> to go so, on with your story. So I'm like, okay, well, I need a researcher now. And so I'm like hitting randomize until I get someone who's good at research. And then when I do, I'm like, oh, great, good researcher. And then I, I look at the name and it's like mother of Danielle Riendo. And I'm like, what? <laughs> the game has already absorbed oh, the information from my <laughs> It's already simming family yeah. uh, relations in oh, your yeah. character roller. And so okay. my, yeah, and so my, who, and I, nick, <clears throat> I nicknamed her Senior Mints, which I was very, <laughs> very pleased about. And so I have three, I have Danielle Riendo, Nick Brecken, and Danielle Riendo's mom. So I start the game and I start like learning the systems and constructing walls and floors and stuff. And almost immediately, I, you know, I start look, um it has the feature that is typical of games like this where you click on a character and it lists what is going well in their life and what is going badly in their life and, and you know, things they've done recently that are contributing right. to that. And I look at Nick Brecken and he's quite unhappy and I'm like, well, you know, figures. And But then I see why and it's because he has been, he has been hitting on Danielle <laughs> who's been rejecting him. <laughs> and then Danielle's mom has been hitting on Nick and being rejected by Nick. Wow, so, space intrigue yeah, immediately. instantly <laughs> this weird love triangle we that has... Between Danielle, her mom, yeah. and Nick. So Nick, you were actually right when you said Danielle's mom was hitting on you. I'd forgotten. The reason okay. I'd forgotten that was the case is because eventually what happened was Nick just started hitting on both of them like crazy and they were both <laughs> turning him down. Eventually, after like a week of hitting on Danielle's mom, she basically just relents and they're in a relationship now. But last night in my third stream, I while so that I, I created a, like a large bed so that Nick Brecken and Danielle, Danielle's mom <laughs> can sleep Christ. in it together. Uh, it's a, a colony priority. Well, <laughs> all know, the resources being diverted to this effort. It was like a new relationship, and I was very happy about uh -huh. it. And so, uh, so I do that, and then I, I you know, I, I start up. So, the two nights ago stream, I ended it. I was like, I want to wait and see if they actually get in the bed together. Oh, they totally did. Ah, great. Okay, stream's <laughs> over. So then I start up the new stream last night yeah and the, the first thing I do I've just like the first thing I do when I start up a new stream is I click on everyone and I see what's going on in their in their brain and I click on Nick Brecken and he's like you know he's pleased about his new relationship but he's also deeply unhappy for another reason which is that five more attempts <laughs> to woo Danielle have been rejected <laughs> and I'm like I, 
I'm seeing this on the character yeah. while you're in bed with Danielle's mom. It's <laughs> so this is this is your. So am I just getting up for a drink and just sort of like going across the I don't hall? Even know. Like, what, what, your character, what? by the way, is like a bundle of neuroses. Basically, everyone else in the comedy. Well, he's Jeff I, Goldblum. I have two <laughs> and Nick Brecken. I, have, I mean, that's yeah, that's a that's lot good. of that's a compound. I've accrued of... two more. Teen members of my colony through various means. One of whom is was a prisoner who I who I wounded, captured, and then eventually recruited. And then another of whom, um, oh, I can't remember where she came from, but but she was she, she, I think. Oh, I know she was fleeing uh, bandits or something, and so so I I took her in. But um, so I have five people there now. Uh, pretty much all of them have essentially the same complaints, which is that the living quarters are too small. They're too drab, you know, because I haven't really, like, spruced the place up yet. I've been working because on the fundamentals. The, there's my, like, goofy love nest that's probably got, like, <laughs> what? Like, like you know, like, blinking, twinkling lights and just, you know. Actually, it's funny you say that because there I. There you go. After <laughs> oh, I know what my love nest looks re- like, Chris. After researching stone cutting, um, which was, like, which is a very basic low-level technology that I'm like, this uh-huh. is going to be useful. So then there's, like, dozens of other things you can research. And I'm like, okay, I'm done with stoke cutting. What's next? And there's like basic microelectronics. There's all these crafting yeah. things. There's like all you know, all uh, robotics of some sort or whatever. And and I'm like, you know what? Colored lighting. <laughs> what I need is, <laughs> is colored lighting because I need to deck Good. this place out. So that is, and I just finished that last night. So soon, going to start really going nuts. And apparently, someone in chat said that the game actually respects color combination. Like, if you put different colored lights in the same room, they will actually blend in some way. So I'm I'm excited about that. But uh, anyway, so everyone pretty much on the base has very similar um, very similar complaints, fairly minor complaints that, like, some people's clothes are just kind of getting tattered. I need to make new clothes, which I'm working on. And, like, you know, living quarters, drab, not too big. You look at Nick Brecken's, and it is fucking bonkers. There's like twenty things, and they're all <laughs> they're all just like generally uncomfortable. Not a happy person. Yeah, like just the you know <laughs> like displeased, like rejected by Danielle. Right, like this, this, this. But also, you have this trait that is optimist, which is a, <laughs> which is a, like kind of makes the whole thing more tragic. Yeah, the fact that you like identify, you're like I'm an optimist. Right, right. Oh, things I'm are gonna kind of uh, things are I'm feeling like, bad. Everything's gonna turn around, but man, does everything yeah. just get me down? <laughs> it's really accurate. it's really incredible just to click through That's the different accurate. characters and see how the list yeah. is just four times longer on the Nick Brecken character. It's so you're, quite you're in, amazing. This <coughs> why this doesn't really sound like it needs to be in space. No, it does. I mean, it's not on space. It's on a planet. Well, whatever. So, in, yeah. in science fiction. Right. Yeah. But it's a, so it's a sci-fi version of Dwarf Fortress, though. So it's like yes. still terrestrial, but like, right. it's yeah. still, yeah, the exactly. conceit is yeah. that yes. this isn't fantasy. This is some kind of like, you yeah. know. It actually makes that hard to describe in a sentence because right. I initially want to say, oh, it's Dwarf Fortress in space because that's such a pithy thing to say. But you but can't say that space, because it's not. You know? It's not like you're building a space It's Dwarf station. Fortress, but you're like planetary colonists, basically. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Exactly. Uh, on a rim world. True. Man, it's already really good. There's already things that have happened that are just hilarious. Like I've now had so I had an encounter with I Daniel's mom is is my designated hunter because everyone on my base is seriously terrible at shooting. Like both teens are trigger happy, which makes you worse at shooting because you're like haphazard with your shots. Um I think Nick Brecken is like incapable of firing a gun to begin with. Danielle um is incapable of violence of any kind. Um, so, I mean, it's just a dis- disaster that these people are, like, right. trying to make a go of it on a hostile planet. Uh, D- Danielle's mom is quite a bad shot, but she's willing to 
like fire a gun and maybe hit a thing normally, like without too many like pathologies. And so uh, she's my <laughs> she's my designated hunter. Um, and at one point, I sent her out and I just marked a bunch of different animals as hunting targets because I you know I'm learning like what's going on. She wounds a timber wolf. The timber wolf goes ape shit, like attacks her. She flees back into the base. It essentially becomes like the thing. I'm in this little colony that is just isolated and there's a timber wolf outside that is just, it, it will just bite the shit out of anyone who leaves. So I essentially have to put everyone on lockdown because this timber wolf is just going from door to door, oh, like man. attacking the doors <laughs> to my base while people are like bleeding. Like, you know, someone, because you all the, this is, I don't know if this is obvious because I didn't mention it, but like other games of this type, you don't have direct control over your characters unless they're in combat. Right. If they're not in combat, they just do what they do. You know, like they, um, you set priorities for what actions are important, like broadly, um, by character or, or in <clears throat> general. And then your character will just tend to those things according to their own needs. And so, you know, I have Nick Brecken like wandering outside to pick the corn he sowed last season and like you know from around the corner this fucking mad like man hunting timber wolf like <laughs> charges him down and like you know rips off his arm or whatever and I'm like oh my god so I have to like send everyone back in the base and like basically execute a guerrilla warfare where I like send someone out of the of the door opposite that and like take cover behind a corner and they're all terrible shots so it's like the it's like the most bullshit operation ever because they're sitting there like missing right. this, this ir- irate wolf with their pop gun basically all i want to know is that while danielle was sewing my arm back on was i hitting on her <laughs> was i using that it's like oh hello nurse like <laughs> just, oh, probably man. i was I, I i apparently missed a lot of things while that was happening because i wasn't paying attention to anything i was like losing my mind yeah. it happened again last night um, I because again everyone is such a poor shot. I sent Danielle's mom out to hunt muffalo, which are these huge, mm. you know, docile um, like creatures that won't attack you back when you hunt them, but they're like massive. They're huge, so they're a lot of meat. Um, she misses, of course, hits a fucking timber wolf. Whole thing happens all over again. It sounds very don't starve. Don't starve has beefalo. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you hit them, then exactly, they destroy yeah. you. Yeah. Although the muffalo don't attack back, but if you miss and hit a timber wolf, that that mm. guy is not pleased. Yeah. Um, I still, you know, lost a lot of blood, but I, I was I dealt with it in a somewhat more professional fashion. Anyway, <laughs> this game is this game is really good. It's really, That's really, cool. really good. It's it was hard to get into, but as is the case, it, it's been a good experience doing it on Twitch because you get the good mix of people who have never seen the game, like people who know it quite well, the people who've played it a little bit, and so you you know you. It's not it's not a like deterministic game, so you can't really have it ruined for you. At least I have not had the experience of having it ruined for me by people just saying like, now do this, now do this, now do this. Like there's so many different factors that, you know, people will give you advice, but it's not, the system isn't predictable enough to be able to just, at least not for me to be able to just say, okay, great. Right. I'm just doing all the things chat said and now everything's great. Yep. Like, weird things will just happen no matter what. Did you ever get into Prison Architect at all? I mean, like, I'm just curious if you I if did, you but I much. found it to be so dark Mm. just sort of conceptually yeah. um, that I – combination of being so dark but also not really treating like an actually really significant subject matter yeah. in a way that felt worthwhile, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like I, I, and I know that's kind of a point of the game is sort of like the satirical aspect of it, but it just didn't – 
Yeah, it was. It it's, didn't land it's weird. for me. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I had that exact problem with that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just curious if you had like a comparison, but yeah. I, I mean, yeah. it's. The, I, no, I, I felt the same way about the, that yeah. game. Yeah. This game feels more like Prison Architect, just mechanically and visually, than anything I've played since then. But is is this sort of um, more generalized concept of you That's know cool. create a colony and survive, uh, with and and um, yeah, and and so it has all, all pretty much all the things I liked about Prison Architect. Already feels wackier and more sort of like systemically bonkers in a way that I that I like. And then that may well be true of Prison Architect and maybe I just didn't, you know, stick with it long enough to determine that just for those other reasons. But uh, yeah, I, I think RimWorld is great and I, I really like that it's basically as just one person who's chugging away on it forever because, or, you know, as long as he can mm-hmm. um, because it feels very sustainable. Yeah. You know, the game just needs a sort of baseline level of... of Success to to prop up a very very small development team, um, which feels like the right model for for a game like this. Um, which you know it's the same as Dwarf Fortress, but this game has been commercialized from the. St- I mean, this game was launched as a Kickstarter, which I actually contributed to. I I backed the Kickstarter years ago in 2013. Yeah, as you were talking, I remembered seeing it. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and I had so this like, vague picture of that. Yeah, but I'm sure it's a crazy thing now. We're at like Alpha 18 or something. Yeah, you know, he's been releasing. Yeah. It, the reason I started playing it is because it finally came out on Steam a few days ago, um, and so I'm like, okay, this is this. It's not technically the launch. It's still in alpha, so to speak. But this, you know, when something shows up on Steam, that's often the point at which it gains a lot more visibility. And so I figured, okay, that's this is a good point to finally jump in. I bet the game is <clears throat> mature enough to support an ongoing stream, and it totally is. So uh, I'm I'm really and you know I'll probably take this colony on for a while, and then and then eventually I'll probably make a new game and step up to a tougher. AI or uh, premise or, or starting scenario mm-hmm. because it is I definitely can tell I'm on easy mode right now you know I mean right. crazy shit happens sometimes but none of it has been the craziest thing probably that happened was uh, a, a heat wave struck at the same time as a solar flare which meant that my my base was just like a hundred degrees mm. all the time and it was it was just crazy like my electronics were failing and people were miserable and that was that's apparently quite an unusual event but like but even that you know was not yeah. I, I'm sure on the harder difficulties it's way more intense so anyway rim world by Tyne and Sylvester it's really good I think cool. nice oh and I've you know I've, you can follow along with my streams at twitch.tv slash idle thumbs and if you don't see them live you can catch up at youtube.com slash idle videos uh, and those those have been a blast to do cool yeah Nick what were you laughing at earlier <laughs> <laughs> well Chris was talking about Jeff Goldblum hitting on people and it, re- it reminded I mean, me I- that I had I was reading this AV Club article about hold Richard on backing Sh- up I like that he keeps referring to the character as Nick Brecken and you keep referring to him well, as Jeff Goldblum you want a little <laughs> distance from this I will anyway Chris was talking about someone yeah, hitting someone, on people, someone, and it reminded people. you of this Jeff Goldblum thing. Yeah, well, I was reading, um, you know, the AV Club does these interviews. Um, I forget what they're called, but it's, um, it's sort of like the, the entire, it spans the career of the subject. So mm-hmm. it's like, and, and this was with Richard Schiff, the um, actor on the West Wing, you know, Toby on the West Wing. Uh. And, and, and uh, it's, it's interesting because it's always sort of character actors and people that, you know, have gotten around and had interesting careers and sort of break everything down by project. And then it occurred to me while I was reading it, oh, they're going to talk about Jurassic Park 2. And so they get to the Jurassic oh, who, Park 2. I haven't 2. seen the movie in so long. Yeah, well, he's in it, and he's got a fairly decent role. 
And I was reading this, and, you know, he's just talking about, like, Steven Spielberg and, like, you know, how impressive he was. And then he gets down here, and he goes... And this is in talking about sort of like various other uh, uh, actors on it. So Vince Vaughn was hysterical and combative. You don't want to talk politics with him. Jeff was hysterical. He kept coming on to my wife and I had to physically challenge him. (laughs) What? (laughs) And then AV Club goes, wow. (laughs) Richard Schiff, I think that's his default position. He loves women. And I'm playing around. He wasn't serious by any means. I had to physically challenge him. That's totally true, though. Do you remember when he came over to our table at the jazz show? He's very, very charming with the ladies. My wife happens to be still to this day quite beautiful and sexy. When she came on set, Jeff just automatically turned on the charm. So I had to say, Jeff, don't do that in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he said, oh, okay, and then continued to do it <laughs> because he knows no other way. Yeah. It's totally how he is. It's totally how it's he is. So yeah. Weird. Do you remember? Yeah, well, I remember. He was, all, he was very oh, yeah. hands-on. Very hands-on with, on with, with uh, our, uh, everybody yeah. in the entire room. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was anyway, something. Yeah. Correct me up while you were describing a character named Jeff Goldblum hitting on everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I have to be clear again. The character's well, name is Nick Brecken. Nick well, Goldblum. His nickname Brecken. is Goldblum because yeah. of his behavior. <laughs> <laughs> but he was born and still is Nick Brecken. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys want to take a break? Break yeah, time. Yeah, let's break. All right. Video games. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's manufactures and sends you high-quality razors and shaving equipment directly to your home. They have an incredibly simple lineup. You've got your razors. You've got your blades. You've got the shaving creamer gel. They've got, you know, a face wash, a couple other things, but it is very simple, very straightforward. They got the stuff you need. works really well. I've started using my Harry's shaving stuff in the shower. I've started shaving directly in the shower. <laughs> I got to say it's real it's, it's very ni- it's really nice cuz your your skin's all hot and like steamed up in there. Steamed up in there. Yeah. Sounds good. It is quite good. I'm really I've I've been I've been digging it a lot. The uh, Harry's face wash also very nice. It's got that nice exfoliating quality. What is exfoliating? I glad you asked actually cuz I asked my wife cuz I actually did not know. I mean it's it's Shedding a layer of skin. Oh, I so you think. do know? I well, I don't. Know. I don't know. I mean, that seems insane. The exfoliation is like you're helping scrubbing helping it along. Just it's not, scrubbing. Yeah, you're not like turning red. You're just and sandpapering like, your face. No, you're not. It's just like a nice. It's it's beautiful. Light removing what's already. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful. process. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't have to go down a few layers. <laughs> it's gonna take a while. <laughs> As we all know, yeah. Nick Brecken's got a lot deep yeah. deep down there. Yeah. Just a buried inside snake him. skin of you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so if you go to harrys.com, that's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, and enter code THUMBS at checkout, you will get $5 off your first purchase with Harry's. That will get you the starter kit, which starts at just $15 for the razor handle, the shave cream. Um, you get the three razor blades, um, but you can get $5 off of that. That's only $10 for all the stuff you need to start shaving in the shower or anywhere else. I mean, probably like at the sink, but yeah. theoretically anywhere. Because um, they will mail it anyway. I mean, they'll mail it to any address you put in there. So you could shave at work. Why not? You could shave right now. You could, sh- you could shave while listening <laughs> On this to this podcast. I could be shaving right now. No one would know. For all you listeners know, I am currently shaving. That's harrys.com <laughs> with the offer code THUMBS for $5 off. Thanks, Harry's. Video games. 
Counter-Strike gun news. It's even wackier now. <laughs> Stick with us. Mm. Nick, talk about fighting games. Oh, the Evolution 2016 uh, uh, tournament, I guess, was yeah. on this weekend. Uh, and this is the fighting game uh, sort of right. version, version of a of a huge yearly like like in the way that Dota has like the international. This is right. the and this this thing has been but going this is on like for many since games. The, I think the late nineties, and it's many games. It's it's all of the top all the top fighting games. Yeah, all the coolest games like Super Smash Brothers. I yeah. love the <laughs> yeah, I, right. I like the GameCube version, which is really. I good. think that's awesome. I think it's really awesome that, that I mean, the GameCube version of Smash is like. It right. took it a while so, to finally ascend yeah. its way into Evo. Yeah. That's happened over the course of this podcast, I think. Yeah. yeah. So uh, hilarious too, because they they rented out the Mandalay Bay um, mm. Casino resort whatever uh like stage for this which is just where they have like boxing matches and then put you know like 15,000 gamers in the stands and then they have the still the boxing ring though with the two guys sitting in the in the middle right not facing each other though mm-hmm. just facing TVs like just CRTs because it's game the GameCube version of Smash Brothers anyway i didn't even know this was going on and i was on vacation and we were just like you know, when you go on vacation, you're like, oh, yeah, cable exists. You know, like, like oh, you have a TV that has cable, <laughs> yeah. and we're bored, and it's 10 o'clock. So I just turned it on, and I was like, oh, my God, this is on ESPN. It was on ESPN 2, not 3, which is what Dota was on. We've <laughs> oh, now man, gone yeah. up yeah. one ESPN notch <laughs> to ESPN 2. Um, and it was really weird. Like, I don't I don't know a lot about fighting games other than, like, I know how they work, but I don't I don't follow the fighting game right. competitive scene. scene. Yeah. The circuit. The um, FGC. Yeah. Uh, is that true? Is that what it's called? I mean, FGC is the fighting game community, and that acronym uh, just okay. gets used. I just right. see it used all right, the time. Right, right, right. Yeah. I'm sure it doesn't. It's probably not actually the right term for the, like, competitive circuit. Yeah. Specifically. I'm pretty offended that you would actually <laughs> use that <laughs> term to uh, mean I, When I say FGC, I mean fighting game circuit. I'm using an mm. alternate mm. acronym. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I caught the sort of beginning of the, the Street Fighter block, which was the finale of all this stuff. And, uh, I get you know, the, the thing that everybody was sort of going on about on the internet was that there's this guy, um, I guess he was technically the last, like, American-born dude. So, you know, how like, like in StarCraft, if somebody, <laughs> if somebody's American and doing well, well or everyone's if, like, oh, shit. Well, if anyone's oh, we're not, not, we're not Korean shitty. and Yeah, well. yeah, right. Yeah. Well, well, in yeah. this case, I think the top players are Japanese and Korean. Uh-huh, um, okay. And uh, Korean eventually won, uh, of course. But um, and uh, the thing that was really weird is that I was watching it with my mom, uh-huh. and my mom knows what games are. Uh, but like, I just turned this thing on, and she was she was kind of mystified, you know, that it was even on ESPN. Right, and I was trying to explain like, oh, it's the Evolution tournament, like it's a tournament of like fighting games, and yeah. and we were watching this. I, on the, you know, and it's it's Street Fighter and Street Fighter Five, I guess we're into now. Yeah, five, Street yeah. Fighter Five, and it's two players and they're playing as the same character, right? It, which is a very common thing in in fighting game tournaments where you know there are like three popular characters that are just known to be, mm-hmm. I guess, probably the best. Um, does that change with the metagame, though? I, I, I'm not? sure that it does. I don't know if those are more static than... Yeah, but it's like, it's kind of like StarCraft, I, I assume, where it ebbs and flows, right? Where, yeah. like, Terran's really popular this imagine. year, yeah, and then, yeah, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. But so it's the, it's the same character just, like, punching, you know, the other character that is the same character. Right. And it's just madness. Yeah. 
And then occasionally they would pop in the webcam view of the players. Right. But then that wouldn't always correspond to the side of the screen right. they were on That's because the you can just jump over them. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm trying. I'm just like, she's like, so what's actually going on here, Nick, video game player? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> they're fighting. well, they're yeah, they're punching each other. And and then you know, be- it's not even that you uh, just like win one round, right? Because it's you know, in a street fighting game, it's it's always like best of um, three, I guess. It's like you know, two out of three, and then that's the thing. You have to do that. But then also uh, three out of five right. overall. Yeah. So you're playing like countless, like a countless number of of actual rounds. And then there's this whole system of like, and this is this is the case in other tournaments as well. I think in Dota, I think uh, I, I think in Dota two, where if you come in off the losers bracket, like if you get knocked down to the losers bracket, and then work your way back up. To like, like in the in the finale, the you know obviously the the, the sort of uh, winner of the losers bracket uh, faced the winner of the uh, winners bracket. Yeah, and you have to like erase. There's some system where you essentially have to win a best out of five and then win another best out of five if you're the loser guy. Right, if right, you're the, right. If you're the yeah, loser, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is just really confusing to watch because he's like. He's won like twenty rounds of Street Fighter <laughs> right. as the same. Ca- they're all playing the right. same character, and it's just going on. And like the so commentators from your mom's are just standpoint, this is like, oh, the, a cl- these clones just fight each other forever, right? That's and just, it's just a weird dystopian, gladiatorial. Yeah. Well, but to, even scenario. to me, that was the surprising thing. I was just trying to watch this, and I was like, I don't, I have no idea wh- yeah. who's winning or, or like all. <laughs> a, and a, a mom's perspective is probably also, oh, what this game is is this guy fights this guy. Like, <laughs> Other anything besides right. obviously this two twin players, fights his yeah, brother. Two players both play as the same person and punch each other. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was just a very, very simple game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I have nothing interesting to say about it other than I was yeah. just I was trying to grasp I mean it eventually became really excited. It actually turned into like a really good finale. Yeah. Uh once you kind of like, oh, okay, they have to basically win like three more rounds and now it's getting Oh, now they're like the same. They're, they both have like a shred of health, and and uh, the, the next one wins it. But you kind of have to be told that. And in the meantime, it's just like watching baseball, where nothing is of real consequence is happening for like sixty rounds of Street Fighter, <laughs> you know. And they're just kind of like making conversation while a guy punches the other guy forever. It's oh man, it was weird. It yeah. was really weird. I guess people who follow this stuff said that it was not actually a great. Um, Okay. Series of rounds this right. this, this this tournament, but so it wasn't uh, just the outsider. No, yeah. but it was it was strange to see that on ESPN. Yeah, really really bizarre. I wonder what the ratings are for something like that. I do too. Apparently, like sports people watched it, and now like like I think on like SmackDown or one of those wrestling things, I saw a clip of of like one of the commentators mentioning the American dude who was like. Long Island Joe, that's his name. Long Island Joe. Long oh, Island Joe and his dad, who was in the stands. Oh man! With like a crazy mustache and like you know tattoos and just you classic know classic like story. biker dad and yeah. just you know his stupid geeky son and they were just like <laughs> hugging and like you did it, son. Like oh man, yeah, very wow. very sports, yeah. sports to the max. It's anyway, very sports. Very yeah, the most sports. But uh, <laughs> anyway, man, that's so funny because the the. Uh, Turning turning that on and seeing that, right? Like if you're just browsing through channels and you're on ESPN2 and it's like, ah, weird clone man fights clone man forever. <laughs> and then you come back an hour later and it's Smash Brothers and it's like yeah. four completely wacky characters like jumping around. And oh, like, yeah. 
Yeah. It's bizarre. Yeah. Well, and then the other game is Marvel versus Capcom, which is the most like bizarre, insane fighting game that's ever been concocted where every single button press is like a special move that triggers a cutscene that goes on (laughs) for like 20 seconds. And everybody's got like meters that are all just sort of determining when those cutscenes happen. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I mean, at least in that one, I guess people would be like, oh, Iron Man's fighting Captain... Oh, Iron Man's fighting Iron Man. <laughs> but, <laughs> ah, it's a game Oh, yes, Iron I Man get it now. It's just like the film. Where <laughs> Is Iron one Man... of them evil Iron Man? No, they're both no, just Iron Man. They're both Iron Man. I mean, sure. Is there like a variant you suit? You decide. No. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Iron Man with red highlights fights <laughs> Iron Man with blue highlights. <laughs> I imagine I don't even know. I don't even. I don't even Capcom know. Capcom versus Marvel yeah. vs. Capcom. Probably. Yeah. Maybe the portrait's different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully they're exactly the same to make sure it looks real good on TV. <laughs> I would actually just not be able to. If I had to play a character that looked the same as the other character, I would literally not just be able to keep yourself. track of who I am. Yeah. That's because I I just know myself when fighting games well enough to know that that would be point. I would be pointless. Mm. It would be there'd be no reason for me to even try. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny to imagine your mom watching that stuff because your mom like played Skyrim and stuff. Like your mom, oh, you man. know, has experience with video games. But the, the that version of what a video game is versus yeah. this, they might they're just on different planets. Those are not even remotely. There's nothing oh, yeah. in common whatsoever. Not at all. At all. I mean, there's a 2D guy that's jumping around. That's it. Yeah. That's the only. That is, was, that's not the man, same. No, it's not. It's not. It's not the same. But it's. 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 Yeah. It's. It's still like in the same era. Well, it's a the representation she's, she's, of a human figure on a TV screen. Yes, but well, I'm just saying it's not. It's not a crazy. Is that you, th- is that you, you press the analog like stick thing. in a in a direction? Except right. they're probably not even using analog sticks. And then the character moves in that direction. Yeah, that's about the only similarity. Yeah, competitive Skyrim is still on like ESPN 12. It's got ways to go. I was really sad. I really wanted her to do a Skyrim mom stream on Idle Thumbs while she was in town. I know. I was hoping it was going to happen. I pitched it to her, and she told me that she had a nightmare uh, the night after I had brought it up where she was on the stream and didn't know how to move. And, like, just we we made, like, no progress. And I was like, I can't do this to my mom. I can't, like, cause my mom to have nightmares while she's visiting me. But I did sit her down and make her play. You know what you could have done was do a local recording. And then, oh, yeah. And then, you know, if it went I probably okay, then I uploaded it. But, what, I mean, whatever. Yeah. I, I made her play Super Metroid for, for 10 minutes. Oh, that's cool. Just to see if yeah. she was still if she was still First still 10 minutes of Super Metroid are pretty unbeatable. It's, it's intense. Yeah. I mean, like, the, you know, that that first, like... Um, the base escape stuff. The base escape stuff. That's, oh, yeah. a, that's a rough way to begin a game. And she pretty much got out of there. I was, like, really impressed. Nice. She's, like, 70-something now. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's still escape an exploding space base. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Should we do some mail? Yeah. Well, so new stuff happened with that. Like, so hours after we recorded last week's podcast, I mean, I think we basically pressed stop on the record, left, and then we, you know, we all went and did our jobs, normal jobs, and then re- then went online and saw, oh, like Valve now is addressing this uh, CSGO gambling stuff, like hours after we, you know, committed to tape. A recording in which we talked about them not having about how they that. hadn't done anything. Yeah. yeah, then they went and did. They so, did. Yeah. They did some things. So I guess they issued a statement saying that, uh, you know, oh, they've determined that um, these gambling sites are operating against the terms of service of uh, Steam. You know, using their APIs, and so they are uh, blocking access, I suppose, to them for that reason. Um, the lovely excuse of. We will take we'll take no 
moral or corporate or official ah. stance on this. However, but, in terms of servants that we ourselves wrote, uh, yes. means that uh, <laughs> yeah, that, Nick Brecken's got a butt. But uh, five hours ago, oh, oh wow, they, yes. they, I haven't seen whatever this is. Yeah, they sent out um, cease and desist letters to. It seems like every major um, CSGO gambling site, um, Carl Quackenbush, the <laughs> Valve General Counsel, uh-huh. which his name could not be improved, uh, <laughs> sent out these letters that said, we are aware that you are operating one of the gambling sites listed below. You're using Steam accounts to conduct this business. Your use of Steam is subject to the terms of Steam subscriber agreement. Under the SSA, Steam and Steam services are licensed for personal non-commercial use only. Your commercial use of the account is unlicensed and in violation. So... They're actually apparently enforcing the non, you know, commercial use of of Steam accounts on these sites, which theoretically shuts it all down. Um, although it's only on these specific sites that they're sending these. And the question, I guess, is whether they'll. Well, you know, hopefully, how fine tooth. Hopefully they just keep that up, in my opinion, and don't uh, just like done and dusted. Now that we sent them to all the current yeah. ones, anyway, the spotlight <laughs> will then sort of recede off of this and let it pick up somewhere else. CSGoDiamonds.com. CSGoatsy.net. <laughs> I was just gonna say that. I just wrote this up. They've got CS, all these. They've got like CSGoLounge.com, CS CSGo Strong, CSGo Double, CSGo Five Hundred, CSGo Cosmos, CSGo Casino, CSGo Two X, CSGo House, CSGoatsy. Yeah. Is that G O A T S E? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> CSGoatsy.com has been blocked. I think they should have blocked all Steve. of them, but CSGoatsy. <laughs> I think that's, that's maybe. Uh, we have determined that CSGoatsy.com is fully in compliance. <laughs> <laughs> with our terms of service. Yeah. However, users must first oh my get God. past the oh splash my God. page. Okay. I just went to CS Goatsy. <laughs> oh, man. If you go to CS, CS Goatsy, a thrilling skin enterprise. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. Oh. Oh. Ah, well, that's too bad. It seems to be played totally straight. I think it's just another one of these sites, except that it's called CS Goatsy, and its tagline is a thrilling skin enterprise. But otherwise, I think it's just the same thing as all the other ones. It's got roulette, blackjack, tibby, and dice. I wonder if the ATSE stands for something. Uh, like, well, hopefully it's an accident. <laughs> hopefully this is just a total, like, Tobias Funke of the of the gaming world where they've named their website CS Goatsy without knowing it. Their button that says sign in through Steam is misspelled, so it says sign in trough Steam. Um, I don't think that's intentional. <laughs> I'm trying to find a clever dodge attempt. <laughs> CS gutsy. I'm trying to find like an about page, but I don't think they have one. I bet none of these sites have about page because they don't want anyone to like. Oh yeah. They don't provide any information about their existence than they have to. Huh. That's yeah. interesting. It's there's 589 players right now on CS Goatsy. <laughs> Got to get it all in there before the end. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Right, Reader Vale, I suppose. <laughs> well, I hope that I've always actually hoped that Valve would do things with Steam user accounts beyond just letting you log into Steam. And it's kind of a bummer that the I mean they they have a generalized like sign in to Steam yes. API. Yeah. Like one of the other sort of not not super hot right now, but consistently present Steam like metaverse things is the gray market world uh, like world of gray market steam keys mm-hmm. and i've always hoped that maybe valve would somehow use the fact that you can log into steam as a way to 
get rid of the Steam key gray market? Like if there was a world where you yeah. as a third-party seller, like as a third-party game developer could let people log into your website with the Steam account, give people a key directly through that, give people rather a ownership of your of a copy of your game and like Valve would take a smaller percent or something. Like there's so many weird other worlds that could exist using uh, using Steam logins for commercial purposes. Right. But now it feels like that door is like slammed shut behind like a mystery science theater collection of safes because the only time this is the only example that ever actually took off was people using it for gambling what yeah yep oh well oh man hot off the presses here oh really even more minutes recently ago cs goatsy issues statement we would like to inform that in eight days we will be closing down our site temporarily oh man to speak to valve regarding this and then they also ask everybody to uh use all their coins <laughs> Best regards, CS Goatsy. Nice. <laughs> we'll close temporarily to talk to Valve. Great. Yeah. Well. Well, that's the world of, of Counter-Strike. If anyone was wondering what was happening in the competitive terrorist versus well, counter-terrorist mm. first-person shooter game Counter-Strike, casinos are being shut down. <laughs> the, the one int- like side story to all of this, I think, is that um, the CSGO competitive scene is probably going to be like largely wiped out by this which is really interesting why uh because right now i've seen a lot of comments from people talking about this and and right now it seems like um a lot of these matches are being watched uh inspected by people people specifically for gambling and so um this mm. is like if suddenly horse racing and boxing were things you Mm -hmm. weren't allowed to bet on anymore would those industries survive at the scale that they are probably not no yeah i mean Yeah. yeah i mean is that what happened to horse racing probably probably i don't know it still exists, but I mean, you can no. bet on it, but yeah. it's it's not, you know. Yeah. So yeah, what did change? I guess nothing. It's just nobody likes. I guess it just anymore. no one cares. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all that real estate could turn into malls, Chris. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, well, I guess to to wrap this up, Andy Pfeiffer writes in saying, "Hey, thumbs." This is about how kids are able to fill up Steam wallets or buy currency in games that require a credit card. The answer is incredibly simple. You can just buy prepaid Steam cards, Blizzard cards, PS4 gift cards, etc. at any GameStop, Target, Best Buy, or similar yeah, store. I completely forgot that uh, – I saw a couple people mention this online. That yeah, yeah, you can just pay cash for Steam money at mm-hmm. any retail store on the gift card rack. Yep. He says, if you have a job, an allowance, or any other way to get money, you can easily purchase stuff for digital games. No parental trickery required. Signed, a parent. okay so austin johnson writes hey thumbs my name is austin J. am a relatively new reader started a few months ago from the portland area i've been listening to your podcast at work and have gotten more and more addicted i started listening once in a while when i got bored of my music and now i can't even listen to music at work um take that music yeah anyway he goes on a little bit about that anyway now to the real reason i'm writing to you today i've passed the release of daisy and hearing the stories uh sean told about at the beginning of 2014 uh, it sparked my interest in DayZ again, and even more, my beloved game Rust, although I'm a CSGO player at heart. Gambler is what he means, gambler. <laughs> <laughs> to give some background, this game came to me during some of my most depressing years, and I Criminal. think truly helped me get through some really tough stuff, uh, though at the same time, kept me distracted from everything in life. A group of eight of us friends bought the game and started playing. I believe he's talking about Rust. Yeah. Um, only me and one other friend got hooked and kept playing. Accomplice. We decided to run- <laughs> No, you're a wholesome player if you play Rust. Oh. That's a different situation. We decided to run as a two-man group and challenge the larger 20-plus man groups on the servers. How can you keep up with 20-plus people, you probably ask? The answer is breaking your day into three parts. Four hours of sleep, 30 minutes to an hour for food once or twice a day, and literally 18-plus hours of gameplay. 
You maybe even be able to say I was playing 23 hours a day because I would change the sound in my PC to speakers and leave them full volume in my room, turning the music down so I could sleep. So if anyone tried to wake my ho- mess with my house, it would easily the noise from it would easily wake me up. Needless to wow. say, all my expendable income during that month went straight into energy drinks. Sometimes it was easy keeping up in supplies, but inevitably there were th- times we died a couple times in a row trying to mess with large groups and had to farm for resources again. This is extremely tedious when you've gotten a taste for the end game. This isn't the reason for what I did to this player, but it definitely crossed my mind. One day I was out patrolling alone, and mind you, I did not intend to do harm to new players or those who did not have... Uh, or those who don't have a lot. My real enemy were the large group who claimed to be great players, but really just had numbers. I came up on an obvious new player early in the evening in real time and saw that he was farming a particular area, so I kept clear of him. I didn't want to scare him. We saw each other, and he made sure to keep his distance. I kept mine, watching only to make sure he wasn't making aggressive moves on me. After eight hours of me patrolling and seeing him farming resources as I passed through the area, he apparently finally found a pistol. Took only one side of me at long range, and he fired three shots. I wasn't able to catch up with him before his ra- he ran into his one-by-one house, the easiest house to break into, and I waited for him to come out. I sat out there, unsure if he knew of my presence or not, but definitely he didn't know who he shot at or who was waiting outside for him for 45 minutes, at which time he fell asleep, uh, parentheses, disconnected. Now I was really upset. All I wanted to do is teach this guy a lesson about picking fights you can't win. Now I was about to turn his life upside down. Blah, blah, blah. I took everything out of his house, and at the end, I called an admin and explained the situation to make sure I wasn't doing anything against the rules of the server. Hours later that day, in real time, I saw the guy log back on and started blowing up general chat, asking how he could have lost all of his stuff. Me being the nice guy I am, I told him, oh man, that's horrible. It's the worst when that happens. I'll tell you what, come and live with me. I'll make a space for you, and you can give me resources every week to pay rent. I was immediately met with a Steam friend request from the admin who helped me earlier, and he teleported to me, uncontrollably laughing over in-game voice chat. He managed, you son of a bitch, I wish I'd thought of that. It wasn't entirely out of malice. However, my buddy and I ended up teaching him a great deal about the game and giving him technology that he otherwise may have never gotten. Eventually, he spread his wings and became an educated Rust player himself. In spite of the malicious intent, I still consider this my greatest moment in multiplayer gaming. Stealing eight hours of work from somebody only to become sympathetic and recruit him as an indentured servant. Sorry for the long email. I hope you enjoyed the story. <laughs> Please keep up the good work. Have a great rest of your week, Austin. P.S. Any talk about Overwatch is always encouraged. That is intense. Yeah, yeah. that's really good. Man, I can't. Im- I can't imagine holding, keeping up that kind of schedule in a game, though. Yeah, the only time I ever went that far was like the launch of World of Warcraft. I think, which oh, happened, man, which happened yeah. at the end of a college semester, uh-huh. and so it was like finals over. Now, new this, life begins. New life begins, <laughs> and uh, right straight through Christmas, and it was yeah. gross. And that was the only time I think I've ever. Mm-hmm. I probably had some. I probably had some moments like that in college. Yeah, um, with either World of Warcraft or Halo. Actually, mm. yeah, I was never that extreme. But that guy reminds me, like in college and high school, and even post college time for a while, I had a lot of friends who were online only friends, and I had mm-hmm. many friends on the internet who were that person of just like I know that if I drop into this game or onto this chat server, yeah, that person will just always be there, and they yeah. will, they're just basically a weird resource in your life. Uh, and then thinking about it as the actual, what that human being is, uh, oh, man. Yeah. you don't want to think about it. No. Um, God, when but, I was like, like, ugh, man. When Counter-Strike first came out, I was in a weird clan with like mm-hmm. Swedish guys. <laughs> <laughs> they were, God, they were called BBB, I think for like um, something, Big Brother something. Uh-huh. I, and, oh man, what a weird time. Yeah. 
they made me download IR or what was the what was the chat client IR something IRC 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 yeah, yeah. no what? not IRC no the no? other I- one ICQ 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 yeah. they were like you got to use this ICQ thing yeah, yeah. that's they, and then we'll they, chat and make sure that you're cool they seek to you yeah. ICQ stands for I seek you, oh, if you're gross. wondering. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, barf. Do you still know your ICQ number? Oh, no. No way. Oh, I think I do. I think I know mine. I actually do. I know that I know it. I'm 515-38948, which is a long I'm, ICQ number. I didn't use it for a long time. I think I'm 2699-7971. Nice. Yeah. Good. How the fuck do we know that? I knew that. I I haven't signed in in like a decade. Yeah, that was committed to memory before my driver's license and even I think maybe before my social security number because I just should have known that way earlier in life. (laughs) I I realized the other day I literally don't know my wife's cell phone number. But you got your ICQ number on lock. Yeah, Yeah, but I know my (laughs) stupid old ICQ number. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Old things and new things. Yep. Good. If my iPhone could remember my ICQ number for me, I wouldn't have to remember it anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it could. It just has no reason to. I bet there's an ICQ client for iOS. I think ICQ might not exist because remember ICQ was was, uh, valuable enough that AOL bought them. Yeah. Yeah. And you could could cross message with Mm -hmm. AIM users. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Had that little sunflower icon. stupid flower. I was just going to mention the flower. Yeah. What a weird thing. (laughs) Made all kinds of weird. I think all the default sounds were really goofy and Oh, it was a guy saying, "Uh uh-oh. Yeah. Yep. Now I'm just thinking about those guys. The, the the reason that I was like, I was playing Counter-Strike and I was like, man, these guys are like playing this as if it was like Rainbow Six or something. They were like creeping around and like checking corners and like doing all the stuff that you're supposed to do if you're playing a game about like tactical combat. And everybody else was just like running around like it's Quake. And I was like, these guys are interesting. I need to know who these <laughs> guys are. Yeah. This, what is going through? Turns out they were just like really bad at the game. And so like <laughs> I got stuck in this clan with these guys. <laughs> of course. And they, I would just Quake it up and get like 20 kills and they would just creep around. Yeah. Anyway. Counter-Strike. Our yeah. Counter-Strike podcast. <laughs> All right. Patrick Great Batch writes, hey, Thumbs. Long time, first time, yada, yada. You've been talking about the ghost post for a couple weeks now, which has been fascinating for me as an active puppet master. This week, you mentioned that the Disney event was not marketing for a separate product, which made it different than uh, many ARGs. I just wanted to let you know that there's another non-promotional ARG running right now called The Black Watchman, which has two seasons released on Steam so far. It has its own lore, world, etc., separate from from anything else. Obviously, this is self-promotion, as I am one of the head puppet masters, so I apologize. Anyway, I'm curious to get your take on ARGs as games themselves, rather than as components of a marketing campaign. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Patrick. Um, I've never heard of The Black Watchman. That's cool, though. I don't think I have either. I mean, I guess this, I think this email was potentially written, actually, before Pokemon Go came out, Mm. but that feels like the... Yeah. I mean, it's not well, really it's not, like it's not an ARG. ARG say, yeah, you're not like solving a puzzle, but it definitely is an in-world phenomenon. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's a it's, game that you're seeing yeah, the results of in your life. It's a much lower barrier to entry thing that yeah. bridges, you know, sort of a game and like navigating the real world, and people are going ape shit for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't played a lot of like Jake. Have you done much ARG stuff? I don't think that I have. No, I'm yeah. trying to. Th- I'm interested in following them from afar, but I've never done them before. Right. Yeah. Oh, is that the... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just oh, signed man. into ICQ on my phone for the first time. Oh, ever. wow. Did you, all... you actually did it? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah it, oh. Took, it took my old number and stuff. You and then a bunch password? of a bunch of people uh, were not signed in, but my contact list was basically just Chris Ramo, 
uh, some people who helped with the old Idle Thumbs site circa 2005, and then all the guys I made Quake 3 mods with was my buddy <laughs> <laughs> list. Anyway, would probably mainly be people from high school, I'm guessing. Yeah, interesting. Uh, anyway, no, ARG stuff, yeah. They're just, yeah. And ARG or AR, none of that stuff I've really, I, yeah. I've ever really gotten into. Mm-hmm. I haven't really either. We did the, uh, I, we went to that, Halo 2 I Love Bees. You went to that. I didn't go. You oh, went you alone. Went oh, I went alone. Yeah. And I reported on it for Adult Th- for the old Adult Thumbs website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a cool thing. I mean, that stuff was that stuff is like always awesome to read about yeah. when it's happening. Kind of like- I guess the challenge of it is that y- you have to make something that is like, it's hard to make f- for its own purpose probably because it's so lopsided in terms of how many people are going to actually play it did versus... You, did you do the Jejun Institute stuff that was running in San oh, Francisco? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, and we talked about the Haunted Mansion ghost post on here, which is... Well, that's what this email was referencing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, the, yeah. The Jejun Institute was actually probably the closest thing to a, like, purely commercial or, like, not promotional ARG mm-hmm. thing that I participated in. It was... Um, I don't even I can't remember who ran it. There are people who got super into Jejun. It was a game that ran in San Francisco where you... You would go into an office building on the weekend, and it felt like it felt very much like the beginning of the David Fincher movie, The Game, or something, where you'd go into an office building that was otherwise deserted because it was actually a working office during office hours. But when the Jejun Institute was running it, there was a guy at the receptionist table who would then walk you through an empty office and put you in the back uh, in a little conference room which I guess is the actual only part that this, these guys were renting out. But it was uh, then you'd watch like this sort of new age indoctrination video and take a survey. And there was information on the back of it that implied that this was not all what it seemed. And then you'd go out on this adventure, the the sort of first chapter of Jejun, which is the thing that I think the most people played. You'd then go out on this sort of puzzle adventure around Chinatown where you'd like visit an old PI's office and like Mm. find things embedded into the wall of an old church there and all these other things. Uh, Eventually subsequent parts would like lead you into the mission, listening to local probably not legal uh, FM radio broadcasts and various merchants would give you coins and there was all sorts of just that's that's about as far as I got but I know that that thing culminated in like some big event out on uh, either Angel Island or Treasure Island like mm. it was a it was a they sort of winnowed down the number of people right. who were playing it until it got into the core people who were in the late game of that but that was uh, that was quite the endeavor I know they those guys tried to then do a follow-up one. I don't think it hit as well. Um, mm. I, at one point, a friend of mine was playing it, and he asked me if I was interested and then gave me just, like, an unlabeled, like, what looked like an unlabeled credit card, and I was supposed to use that and go somewhere with it, and it would admit me into some sort of event, but I never bothered to do it, so I, I screwed up. Yeah. I'm that, the reason that That these, was the, the latitude thing, That was right? latitude, so, yeah. yeah. So um, the there's an amazing piece uh, called... My Year in San Francisco's $2 million Secret Society Startup by uh, Lydia Lawrenson on Vice Motherboard. And it's a very, like, it's a deeply reported um, long piece about this weird, crazier San Francisco Secret Society ARG thing um, that, Jake, that you're describing that starts with the credit card, basically, that someone gives you and then lets you into this weird place. Um, And uh, it's a, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it, it it eventually sort of fell apart due to um, kind of internal strife in terms of like what's the business model and what's the point of this thing and how should it be run. But uh, 
it's a very weird and fascinating read. Um, but yeah, the Jejun stuff was cool. I never got to do the the finale of it because uh, I think the finale happened after I had temporary after I'd moved to Boston. Yep. And I did the first. I think there were about four parts, and I, I think, and I did the I, first three. Maybe I only did the first couple. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, that stuff is crazy. So, all right, robot news. Um, Noah Huppert writes in saying someone saw Boston Dynamics walking their robot in the wild, and then he has a link to a YouTube video, which is just a first person, which is like someone just on their phone in the forest, and their uh, their dog is with them. And then just like you hear this, the, the fucking crazy <laughs> bee sound, <laughs> and then marching through the forest comes a crazy like pet man Holy on a huge shit. leash with all these people walking it with like it hooked up to a battery in a golf cart. Uh, and it's, you know, it's just like it looks like a procession. It looks like a robot parade. <laughs> it, it, it looks like a parade, a, a parade with a robot as like the, the marshal of the parade yeah. marching through the forest with all these people like walking behind it. I was going to say, it just looks like they're taking it out to the woods to shoot it. <laughs> like it just, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It could be yeah. the other way around, though. The robot could be dragging that's, that's all of true. these. <laughs> that's true. Um, all right. And then as a follow-up to that, Phil English writes, Hi, Thumbs. I uh, thought this was some slightly different robot news for you to all enjoy this week, in which researchers reveal a stingray robot made up of, quote, a pinch of rat cardiac cells, a pinch of breast implant, and a pinch of gold. Slightly disturbing is that it can only swim in a soup made up of, quote, suspended nutrients in it to keep the rat heart cells fed and alive. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh. The headline of this story on Popular Mechanics is, this swimming stingray robot is powered by real living rat cells. The cells are activated by light and contract so the robot robo stingray can swim. Oh. If that thing learns to speak, it will just say, kill me. And it will <laughs> <laughs> yes. It'll just make the sound that the thing makes. Yep. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Don't like the sound your stomach made at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ryan Bone also wrote in about this with a, with a, 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 a link to a, sto- a different story about the same topic on NPR. He says, I wanted you guys to see this quote from an NPR article about a synthetic stingray made of silicon, gold, and living muscle cells. Quote, I sat down with him, Parker says, and I said, Soong Jin, we're going to take a rat apart. We're going to rebuild it as a stingray, and we're going to use a light to guide it. And the look on his face was both sorrow and horror. (laughs) Oh, my God. I've got a vision, kid. (laughs) What? Oh. Maybe the worst vision anyone has ever had. But by God. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to roll up our sleeves and... Stick our hands in rat brain or whatever. God, ugh. Man. Christ alive. What are we living in right now? 2016. Yeah, just distressing on all axis. Oh, all, man. Like, the future the is future just, is, is bleak. Is, yeah. The future <laughs> is now, the future and is it now is bleak. bleak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. God, follow up. The idea just hit me like a thunderbolt, yeah. Parker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just... One of those moments where perfect inspiration. Just because it was. Oh, oh, rat stingray! What if I made a rat stingray? Just like shambling, horrible. (laughs) Well, no. Cut cut to the pet man that's just like shocking him with like the electrodes that that (laughs) cause him to think that. (laughs) I just felt something almost as though I'd been struck by some sort of electrical impact. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It was weird. (laughs) In a flash, I thought that robot manufacture these killer robots. (laughs) 
The camera then cuts to an interview with the pet man saying, I just realized that if I electrocuted this guy in the correct way, he would build me a new body made of organs. Yeah. <laughs> Parker's lab had previously built an artificial jellyfish, but a stingray was much more complicated. And the team was facing tough questions like, how do you take cells from a rat and make them swim like a fish? And one of, one of, one <laughs> of the questions, questions they did not ask was, should we be doing this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, man. Yeah. It's almost like... Well, I, I can't actually ever remember that quote correctly. I know, I know. But you know the quote, though. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't stop to think yeah. if they should. Yeah, they, they, they didn't know if they should. They didn't stop. The ray is propelled by 200,000 heart muscle cells taken from a rat. The cells have been genetically altered to allow the hybrid creature to follow a pair of blue lights. Man. In related news, blue lights installed. <laughs> Yeah, that's the really, that's the next step get, on the tech tree. To get the raised tail to undulate, world. the team had to come up with a way to trigger muscle cells in sequence. The effect is similar to when the crowd at a ball game does the wave. Uh, he was inspired by this <laughs> when he remembered the pet man triggering his own muscles in sequence <laughs> using ele- ele- mild electrical shocks. Uh, when watching how a sea of humans can be right. tricked into doing the wave. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. Tiny electric, like low voltage electrical impulses in the seats at a of stadium. Just like the first mm. twenty humans is all that right, it takes. That's all we've need. noticed. Yeah, that's true. You can yeah. incite behavior amongst thousands yeah. by <laughs> by yep. polluting the behavior of a small number of them. <laughs> yep. A lot of things happening in the year 2016. <laughs> the artificial stingray is likely to make some people uncomfortable, DeBerry says, because it raises questions about when a machine becomes a living organism. Because upon viewing it, people's brains attempt to crawl out of their skulls. <laughs> <laughs> well. Hmm. All right. Let's close this out with an email from Dante Johnson, who writes in, Hello, Thumbs. A lot of good names this week. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Your talk about Pepsi Man reminded me of a little PlayStation 1 game I rented on several occasions from Blockbuster. I was an idiot baby named Spot Goes to Hollywood. Oh, yeah, Spot. A 3D Banjo-Kazooie Sonic 3D knockoff where the player is Cool Spot, the 7-Up mascot. Oh, well. I don't remember getting very far in the game or what the story was beyond Spot is trapped in a film projector and has to travel through classic movie sets including Pirates, a generic adventure, and horror with some added bonuses all while collecting coins with a weird walking animation. It was fun enough, but I haven't thought about it in years until you spoke about Pepsi Man. Thanks for that. I also seem to remember the game inspiring stupid baby me to start drawing Cool Spot illustrations on everything. <laughs> yes. Thanks oh, for the nostalgia. Hmm, awesome podcast. Hmm. Happy Pods. Attached as a link to some horrible looking gameplay. Man. Interesting how playing that promotional game would lead one to uh, yeah. continue to Everyone's got to draw that a game. Cool Spot on something once in their life. Yes. Yeah, I got to try. Well, I, I, you know, you have That's to mention. Just, that was just part of the pitch for this game. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. A, It'll get a 7 up marketing executive. <laughs> Cool Spot. I played Cool Spot something something on the Super Nintendo. Oh, that was just Cool Spot. That was just Cool Spot. That was the original. Sorry. Okay. Cool Spot Origins. <laughs> it's been renamed to that now yeah. for the re-release. Actually, not cool a bad spot game. Heritage. I remember. I well, like cool when, when Pepsi Man was happening. I I was like, Oh, Janelle, this is just like uh, Cool Spot. And she was like, What's Cool Spot? And I was like, Okay, here, let me pull up a YouTube video. Yeah, was soda she was like, The animation 90s. in this game is well, actually really good. Cool Spot, oh, was, cool Spot was one of the games by uh, Virgin. Virgin Interactive. Yeah. Uh, when Earthworm Jim, right? It was Earthworm Jim yeah. and the uh, the Sega Genesis versions of Disney games, which right. also were which also were mm-hmm. animation, animation first, dr- gameplay driven. second, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But we don't need to get into. Which Aladdin was the best one? <laughs> that, that's been debated to death in yeah. this 
post-internet world. Yeah. Yeah. God, if only we were in a post-internet world. Oh, sorry. In this internet world. Yeah, yeah that's the way that's that. Post-internet world. In this post-Brexit world. I'm just going to start referring to everything as <laughs> in this post-Brexit world. Which just implies... Stingrays powered by rat cells and <laughs> everything else. What do you expect in this yeah, post-Brexit I mean, world? Do, well, this well, is what happens. It's inevitable. This is what happens. We, we should talk about our shitty 4th of July shirt idea because there's never, it's never, there's never going to be time for it ever again. I already forget what it is. Oh, it was, it was, we realized oh, right, we had like, yes. a, we had like a, a 10 day window oh, to man. make shirts that would have sold like gangbusters this 4th of July, which said 4th of, I think this is, this is a Vanneman and Chris idea mm. of a shirt that said 4th of, like 4th of July, the original Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> and it just had basically a bald eagle tearing through the Union, Union Jack, Jack. Mm. and like yeah. the shreds in its talons became the stripes of the American flag. Basically in the style of like a big dog's shirt. Yeah. Right, oh, right. Shitty, oh, yeah. shitty. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. like no. a shirt that you'd get mud on. On, basically, mm-hmm. um, or that would have like fake mud on it. One <laughs> of the two, yeah, probably would also yeah. have that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh man, oh man, we could have capitalized on some garbage real hardcore with yep. that shirt design. So hopefully, right around the next Fourth of July is when Brexit sort of will, like, like the, be executed. Yeah, the mm, next horrible tumbler uh, of of England's future falls into place, yeah. and we can really just sell it. Yeah, you to got a pretty American big window. On there's, a a, there's at least a two year window here. If not, eh, more, we'll, if see. Not we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully people are complaining right around like July 20th next year and we've got those shirts ready to go. <laughs> Store.idlethumbs.net. June 20th? Yeah, June 20th. July 20th. Just fuck, fuck it a second time. <laughs> yeah. We do have real stuff for sale in the store now. Store.idlethumbs.net. <laughs> the Cold Bloom is back. The original white on blue t-shirt is back. That stuff is in the store. We still have the shitty wizard prints. I just hung some in my home and they're great looking. Um, and we have a, an email newsletter you can sign up for um, at any website... Let's try. I mean, we're done. I'm wrapping it up. On no. uh, any website on idlethumbs.net or store.idlethumbs.net, you can sign up for the newsletter there. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at idlethumbs, on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. I am surely going to be streaming more RimWorld on our Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv slash idlethumbs. If you follow us on there, um, you'll get a notification when we go live. And uh, you can watch those recorded videos at youtube.com slash idlevideos. Um, Nick, I don't know if you're planning on doing any streams anytime soon. Sure. But, uh, yeah. I don't have any to announce. Sure. I okay. have one Dark Souls stream and then we have to do the finale. Oh, right. Yeah. We have plans for the finale. Big plans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, those. Will plans will be communicated both on this podcast and surely in the newsletter if you sign up for that. Anyway, thanks for listening to our podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoy it. Please rate and review us on iTunes. That helps us out a huge amount. And, uh, and we have to kill that Gary Busey, too. Oh, we do have to kill that Gary Busey. Yeah. 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 One of us should stream that. What? Yeah. Uh, Gary Busey was announced as the next like elusive target in Hitman. Oh, yeah. Got to kill Gary Busey 2016. for sure. 2016. So, yeah. yeah. Got to do that. Keep an eye on the Twitch channel for that happening. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye. Oh, bye. Well, bye. Bye. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> what is that actually from? Hello, yeah, I can't remember. Oh, right. Hello, girlfriend. my future girlfriend. This oh, God. That's right. And finally, happy birthday to Mike Kemp and special thanks to his partner, Madison. Happy, happy birthday, birthday Mike. Mike. Happy birthday, Mike. Bye, Mike. Thanks for stopping by.